Hi, this is Serena Catania with OWC Radio, and guess where I am? I'm at NAB 2019 with Ryan Connolly. He's a filmmaker that I've been following for a while now. Hi, Ryan. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> now, you are all over NAB. You've got some... Uh, some seminars that you're doing here. Let's uh, let's go ahead and. I'm doing a few talks uh, all tomorrow, back to okay. back, pretty much. Uh, so I'm at the um, the uh, uh, the Frame IO booth at 10:45 a.m. Okay. and then after that I'm at the Filmic booth at I think it's 1:30 p.m. and then after that the Aperture booth at 5 p.m. So for those of you who don't know, right, Ryan, how long have you been doing Film Riot? Uh, Film Riot will be 10 years next month. Oh my goodness! Which is crazy. I, I've I've had like uh, recently some people come up to me uh, who are working professionally and say like, "Oh yeah, I watched you through high school," and I'm like, "That's not possible. You're an adult." <laughs> it's kind of crazy how long it's been going on. That's like you know, seven, 16, 17 year olds are now 26, 27 in the industry. It's kind of amazing. It's funny when you can date how old you are by how old your audience is. I know, is. It's a I know. Scary. <laughs> yeah, it's not <laughs> <All right>. great. <laughs> Take me back. I want to know, Brian Connolly, little kid. When did you realize you were creative? I always I throw the I throw the age eight out. My mom says it was like six, but I just say eight because I don't I don't know if that's like a mom embellishment, you know. But I remember my dad brought home our first video camera, this big bulky VHS camera, and uh, I remember vividly like. Like at that time, I used to do like, you know, plays for my family like a lot of us do. And they never quite got what I was trying to do or they wouldn't laugh at a joke where I'm like, how do you not see what I'm seeing? <laughs> and then the looking through that viewfinder, it kind of clicked that I can make them see what I want them to see. And ever since that, I've just been obsessed with that with that idea of uh, putting that experience forth of how I see the world or how I see a moment or an in interaction. And I've kind of just been chasing that ever since. So did you go to film school? Or? Yeah, I went to film school pretty late. I was like 21 and I went to a film school called uh, um, Full Sail University, which was this one That's year great. full sail, uh, film school. And I went to that one because it was a tech school. So it was all very focused on where the buttons are, not like film theory and whatnot. And it was a super intense in and out, uh, which is what I really wanted to do. I wanted to learn enough to then go learn because, you know, back then the information just wasn't out there. It was film school or you somehow network and get on sets. And I knew no one. I was like some kid from South Florida that I didn't know anyone doing any kind of production. Uh, so that was like really the only thing that seemed like, you know, a viable path for me. So I went to film school and then after film school, just knew enough to put myself through a whole new film school, which was the one of figuring out how to tell a story, how to give an experience to an audience, which is a whole other thing uh, uh, unto itself, you know. Sorry, I wanted to hear you, and they were talking. Well, we're at NAB, okay? I just yeah. want to tell the audience listening in that we are at NAB, and things are very noisy here. So yeah. it's almost impossible to, to not it, get some really of the outside is noise. so much commotion. I know, but isn't that what makes it exciting to it you? It is, yeah. Like 100,000 of our best friends here <laughs> <laughs> all at one week. 100,000 of your best friends that you don't know. <laughs> if you can't have a good time at NAB, then there's something really wrong with you, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, every year... I, I don't know about you, but I always say, oh, my gosh, I can't do it again. And then I think about, well, I won't see this person, and I won't see that right. person, I won't <clears throat> see this person, and then I always end up doing it Yeah, it's kind of like a film. You get to the end of it, and you're so exhausted that you're like, why do I do this? I don't want to do yeah. it again. But enough time passes that you're like, I really want 
want to get back to that. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I'm um, very much a fan of your work. I think Thank you're you. incredibly talented. I want to see you doing feature-length films sometimes in the very near future. That's the goal. I'm saying that to all you agents out there. <laughs> if you don't grab this guy up, you are absolutely crazy. I like you. We're friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it. I mean, I just I watch your films that you make, and they are they're very professional. Thank you. But you're a host, you're a yeah. writer, you're a director, you're a producer, and you've worked with $100 budgets with like a crew of maybe three or four. Right. Right? Yeah. And you've worked with, on Ballistic, you had 100 people on your crew. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about the kind of films that you make and maybe the sure. difference between the little ones and the big ones? And yeah, I mean, I've done everything from, you know, zero dollar to three figure to six figure productions. Um, and it's been a, a very interesting journey. And uh, I mean, I, the one thing that it's most interesting is the back to back last two films I did. One was Sentinel, one was Ballistic. And Sentinel was one of the lowest resource, cheapest films I've ever made, and then right into Ballistic, which was one of the biggest resource, highest budget films I've ever made. Uh, well, by far the biggest. Um, <clears throat> and Sentinel was just something where it was, uh, I like to challenge myself, and you know, now's the time to do it. You're not, you know, you know, you're not making a feature film. There's not millions of dollars on the line, and so if you can get a couple of passionate friends together and go out to a field in the middle of nowhere, you know, why not make it extremely hard for yourself and just test yourself? Um, so Sentinel was one where I didn't even really write a script. I wrote like bullet points and I kind of wanted to test if I knew generally what I wanted to accomplish if I went in there with zero prep whatsoever. No shot lists, no, you know, just go look at the location and then construct it from there with a CG element that's not even there that my actor needs to interact with and then keeping all the logic in mind of that and, and uh, even in the location just to get my actor to run from one place to the other in the film, it looks like from point A to point B. Yeah, but in I saw reality, that. it's like all I know. over the place. So, that was a lesson in editing too, actually right, exactly. watching that. Yeah. And and you know, keeping all that screen direction in mind, but also figuring out a way to make it coherent within the backgrounds that he's so finding clever ways of okay, he goes this that tall grass looks like that tall grass. So if we, you know, um, and making it all work. Uh, so that that was kind of the idea behind that one is to make something fun and experience. Experiment, uh, experience that people would like, but also test myself in a very like intense, rigorous way. That you know that stuff happens on set. Everything falls apart, and now you have five minutes to come up with a new plan. And that's yeah. exactly what happened in yeah. Ballistic, which is funny. You know, we had a hundred people on set. Uh, we shot in L.A. for all the daytime action stuff. We have practical explosions going on, a full body burn for a stuntman, wire pulls like crazy, and things go wrong. They always go wrong, no matter what. On the biggest budget films, they go wrong. So. You know, we were losing our day, and I had to throw out the plan and create a whole new plan. And just by doing stuff like Sentinel, where it was, you know, it was, I think it was 200 bucks because we, we got food for everybody, and, you know, we bought a uh, wardrobe. So it cost us like 200 bucks total. Um, that's something that you can experiment with. And if it falls apart, you know, all right, you're out 200 bucks. But, you know, you, you, you start shoring up those things in yourself and giving yourself the experience. So when you go to something like Ballistic, where there is a lot of money on the line, sponsors on the line, 100 people who are, you know, trusting you that they're not wasting their time that you have those experiences and you know you're making educated decisions based off of you know the last time this happened to me I did this this will work let's do that let's move and you can move really really quick because you've done it before it's amazing I uh, 
Oh, we've got people watching us. Hello. <laughs> I know we're going to be sorry. I got distracted for a minute. People are waving over there. I'm not used to that. It's it's got to be you. <laughs> it's so, you. It's definitely. So you. I guess um, one caveat on Sentinel, though, I, I do want to tell our young filmmakers out there: don't try this at home because yes. you have years of experience as a filmmaker, right. so you can go on a set and you can sort of wing it, right? Yeah, because even exactly. though you haven't written everything down, you were working with an outline. Right. You know the story that you want. That is so, absolutely a and caveat. that's important because yeah. not everybody can do that. Exactly. And that's what we said in the behind the scenes of Sentinel is I did it that way because I've done 16 or 17 short films now after film school, not even counting, you know, the ones I did before. And those are ones that, you know, I, even if it was $10, I was so stressed because you're asking your friends to give up a weekend. Yeah. It's a big ask, you know? Yeah. you know, time is the most valuable commodity and you're asking people to give it to you. Um, and so, you know, all those that I did, even uh, one called Proximity, which that one, I love that one because that one came about because what would have been our biggest budget, biggest short film ever fell apart last minute. <clears throat> and instead of crying about it, we decided to take the 300 bucks we had left over and some of the gear that we had and five friends and just make a new film. So in 10 days, we completely wrote and shot a new film. But in those 10 days, that's all I did. I prepped as much as I possibly could, shot listed like crazy, and just had everything. Um, so I had done that for 13, 14, 15 films, however many films it was, after film school again, not even counting before that. So I had had a lot of experience in building those scenes out, so I was able to wing it because I did take the time to plan the others so I knew generally what I needed and how I work and how to put an action scene together. So yeah, that's a great point. If, if you're just starting this out, uh, one of one of my good friends <clears throat> who is you know making features right now, he was on my podcast and uh, he was talking about you know, it's not just practice that makes perfect, it's perfect practice that makes perfect. Putting everything in you into every single project is the best form of practice. That's when you're getting the best out of it, and you're learning the best from it, is you're not doing like, no, oh, it's just 200 bucks, let's just wing it. I'm like, even though I was winging it, I was doing it for an educational purpose for myself, to prove to myself that I could do that. When things fall apart, I can do that. But I got to that point to where it was like, okay, I just wanna make sure I can do that. Um, and even in that, even though we were, I purposely, I was stressed about it that I was choosing of to course. do this because I'm still asking yeah. these people to come and do this, and they're yeah. passionate, and these are filmmakers, and um, and then on there, <clears throat> you know, I'm, although I'm winging at making up as we go, I'm just as passionate and just as 110 percent about what we're making right now as I as I always am. So, yeah, that perfect practice makes perfect. I think is the like encapsulates that. That is best. another lesson for young filmmakers because what you're exhibiting there is the fact that you care no matter what you're doing yeah. if you do your very very best somehow you'll get it back right yeah. if you're volunteering on a set to work as an intern or a PA or exactly. if you've actually been hired and maybe you don't agree with what they're doing if you play your position and you play it as well as you can you're going to get work yeah because we travel in packs right that's right. what we do exactly and at the last minute you can't you can't just hire somebody you don't know when you don't really have a chance to do it twice yeah and everybody so. wants to work with good passionate yeah people absolutely and you show that and you know i've, I've noticed many times where they're going for that guy 
over the more talented guy because he was a pain to work with. They're going for the guy who's talented, maybe not as talented, but he's great to work with. He's super passionate and he's putting in the time and going above and beyond. And that is more valuable than, than anything else. I yeah. Think. So for you, you do so many different things. I mean, I love your videos about trick effects. Yeah. Those are really cool. I yeah, love I love blowing things up and smashing things. Me too. I don't know what is it about that. I don't know. You know, it's like you're not supposed to, so it's I, kind of fun. Oh, it's so much fun! I have Chris Vandershaft coming on this afternoon, and he specializes in the Phantom thousand frames per second. Oh yeah. Smashing things up, yeah. and oh my gosh, I can hardly wait. But how? I guess you just have this amazing. Uh, mind that thinks outside the box, right? Don't you think that when you don't have a lot of resources, you have to think you outside, have to the, think box? outside the box? Um, and it's really fun. And, and I think um, in every project I do, I, I've said on my show a lot, I, I try to keep myself uncomfortable. Like when I started my uh, production company, <clears throat> I had to quit my full-time job and at some point and just, you know, jump out of the plane and hope the parachute worked because it was like, you know, starting to feel like it was going backwards. And um, my parents would definitely would have taken me in and let me stay there, but I didn't want to do that because that would have been comfortable and I wouldn't have had to worry about rent because, you know, my parents are, I've, I'm very lucky. I have very supportive parents. I would have been like, it's fine. Stay as long as you want, you know, <laughs> and I would have had great food and it would have been great. Um, <laughs> but I just didn't tell them that, you know, I'm doing this and I'm not going to have money for an apartment. I was going to live out of my car to stay uncomfortable. Luckily, a friend let me stay on, like sleep on his futon in his apartment. And that was just, although we were very close, it's uncomfortable. You feel like you're imposing on their space and you know so it makes you work so much harder and that sort of thinking I bring to every film um, anything that I'm going to which is a good point about Sentinel that was a, a big reason for it because it kind of felt like all right if we're gonna do this I know exactly how to make that and it's not as stressful I want to be uncomfortable okay so what if I tell myself I'm not allowed to prep it now I'm uncomfortable you know what I mean and it just takes the I, I, the value of what you do up to your, you know what I mean? It's, you know, going into that job interview you're terrified for versus the one you're like, I'm going to get it. You know what I mean? And then you, you don't get it. Right. There's <laughs> right? so much more prep to it. There's so yeah. much more passion to it that you're, you're thinking about it nonstop. Yeah. Um, so I try to do that with every project is just to be as uncomfortable as possible because it just makes me push that much harder. Um, and I, and I think with low resources and, you know, those effects that we do and the, you know, the tricks we come up with, I think that's kind of what it is. You're, you want to accomplish something, but you don't have it. So you're in this uncomfortable position of, well, I don't want this to look bad. So you start thinking in ways you wouldn't normally think um, and to come up with, you know, a lot of these things. And I think that's the key is just to, you want to accomplish a certain level of thing or a certain goal or, or have the audience you know, uh, perceive something in the moment and, you know, how can I do that with the resources that I have? And sometimes it's not doing a trick. Sometimes it's not showing it at all. Sometimes it's you cut away and you just use sound and that's all you need. And it's a thousand times more effective than trying to pull it off because, okay, zero resources can't blow up this car. But if we just cut away to the actor's reaction to it and put some light on their face and add a great sound effect, now the car blew up. And that gets the audience's imagination working right. too. And sometimes that's even exactly. better. Yeah. Sometimes that's just what you want yeah. for the scene. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I remember uh, we were, during the early days of Sundance, we were premiering Electric Horseman mm. um, at Sundance, and Sidney Pollack told me, and I've never forgotten it, uh, that what you don't show is sometimes more poignant yeah. and more impactful than what you do. So 
I, I do remember that very well, that's vividly. the coolest story ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know how I follow that one up <laughs> no I think it, it I've never forgotten that you know how sometimes you meet people in your life and they give you advice and you really yeah. remember it that was one oh, of those sure. moments yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of like you know Jaws with the shark it's that you know that same old adage that everybody always talks about it's the Bruce the Sark situation if the shark would have worked it wouldn't have been as scary and it wouldn't have it wouldn't have held up to today because when the you when you do see the shark now you know it's dated but because you see it so rarely the movie really really holds up even now as such a great thriller absolutely so it's and especially in horror because i like to play in that realm a little bit horror and thriller and i think not showing and holding that back as long as possible is what really like captures what you're trying to in that sort of genre as well so yeah I, i totally agree with that so with all these things you do what's your favorite I mean, if you had to pick one of your children, so to speak, what would it, it's hard, isn't it? But it, what, what? As would far you, as like, what's my favorite short film? Hosting, or? writing, directing, producing. Definitely uh, writing and directing. Right. Um, if, okay. if I could choose one thing, if I could only choose one thing for the rest of my life, it would definitely be directing. Yeah. Um, like, but writing yeah. and directing are my two main things. Right. Um, I used to edit all my films, and then in Ballistic, I worked with Lucas Harger, and uh, I'd never want to edit anything ever again. It's just working with, collaborating yeah. in those ways, bringing a perspective in that has a style and viewpoint similar to yours. We really clicked. It, you know, they're all marriages in film. Yes. With the DP, it's a marriage. With the yes. editor, it's a marriage. With the producers, it's a marriage all of it so it really has to be people you mesh with and we just clicked so perfectly and you know it was almost like editing at the speed of thought too because you know when you're editing it yourself you're like okay here's what I want this moment here's how I think this moment will work and then you just got to sit there doing the technical aspect of clicking and making the thing work and then, and then you watch it back, and then, okay, that worked, and now you're thinking about the next thing. As a director with an editor, hey, what if we did this, and he's doing it, and I'm thinking about the next thing, and I'm also able to back up and look at the thing as a whole, this bird's eye view of the project, that when you're doing it yourself, you're kind of in the granular aspects of it that you're not quite, it's a little more difficult. And yeah. it's easier to see it uh, with fresh eyes quicker than when you're the one editing it. You're too close to it. So detaching yourself from it, I've, I've found is extremely useful. Um, and then writing, you know, I'm writing a few things right now, but I have writers I'm working with. Yeah. So I really love collaborating in those ways because ideas that you never would have had because you throw out an idea that you really love and they go, that's cool, but what if also, and then it's just like, well, that's 10 times better now. Yeah. And uh, so just those collaborations are, are great. And it's the, just the one thing that I don't think I could co anything with is directing. Yeah. Um, that, that to me feels like it needs to be a singular you so know, vision. Do you have a dream project? I know you can't talk about the details of it, but <laughs> do you have a dream project that like a film that you want to make or? Yeah, I, I have, I have several um, right now that I'm developing that okay. <clears throat> would all be, amazing uh to to make that you know one day i'm going to make you know oh, you will. for sure I, I guess what i also want to ask you is what's on your bucket list that you haven't done yet um you know a feature really right. you know i i mean that's what i've been 
you, uh, you know, from when I saw Jurassic Park at 11 years old, and it's a story I've told a million times on my my own show. But uh, I saw Jurassic Park when I was 11, and I'd never because my my parents were very strict on what they allowed us to watch. And I think if they would have known what type of movie it was, they wouldn't let me see it. <laughs> but I was just I loved dinosaurs. I was a freak for dinosaurs, so they let my brother take me to it, and I'd never seen anything like that. To be so feel so unsafe in an entirely safe place and worry about characters that I knew were just actors and I didn't want them to get hurt. I'd never experienced that. And ever since that, I've just been chasing that. Just, you know, being able to give that experience to a room full of people in this dark room that all come together to experience emotionally this collective thing together, to laugh, grip your seat, scream, whatever it is. Uh, there's just something so magical about that. Um, that that above all else, that's like, I just, I have to do that. You I know? know. It's amazing. Creative people have these amazing big hearts and uh, so much to say. I think it's very important. That's why I feel really lucky that I can do this show because it's marrying tech and creative. Right. And, yeah. you know, giving a voice to people that are doing good in the world yeah. or doing bad in a very good way, right, <laughs> depending right, on who right. you are. But uh, do you have anything you want to say to the people that watch your show or advice you want to give to people who say, oh, I want to do what you do? What would you tell them? Do it. Um, Just do it. Uh, I, I think one of the big things I've been talking about recently is, you know, some, people are doing things, but they're doing things with they want subscribers and they want views. You can't start out and get subscribers and get views. You haven't earned that yet. You need to just do it. Do it for yourself. Do it because you love it. Do it for the passion of it. And then at some point, people are going to start taking notice because that experience is going to start translating into you communicating your actual vision, you being able to turn around a project in the way that you intended to give that experience. So, I mean, the first thing first is just start doing it. And, and like we said before, perfect practice every time. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this because I know you're really busy at NAB no, thank you. 2019. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Yeah. And this is.